Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. It's just the two of us. It's me and Brandon Deutsch. Brandon, how are we doing, my friend? Man, I can't say I'm amazing. Considering the <laughs> I <know. laughs> news yesterday, we were just standing up for our team with Armand, Armani buckets yesterday, and he was like, you know, I'm not so sure about that LeBron injury, and it turned out that it was a significant injury. But hey, I'm not the one to say. A lot of people are saying, oh, their chances are finished. They still have a good team. That was yeah. part of the part of the guys they got at the deadline: Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell, who's not playing obviously tonight against yeah. Memphis, but. Um, they have a good enough roster to still make it without LeBron. Yeah. I really think so, and I think he'll come back in two, three weeks. Because I was good. so upset yesterday because I, I was like, hey, listen, f- as far as we know, LeBron's okay. They they won the game. They've won three straight. They've won four yeah. or five. But then we get the news yesterday that I believe it's his foot, right, for yeah, LeBron's it's foot. it's inflamed. It's inflamed. And, you know, when, when you, you had that close-up of him saying, like, I could hear it pop. And you played where yeah. where when you hear a pop, like you know something's not right. Um, so the big question now is, I mean, according to the reports, that he's going to be out for two to th- three weeks. That's the problem. If it was two to three games, I, I, there was no concern there. Two to three weeks. To your point, though, they have to keep their head above water. They're, I think, a half game back of the ten seed. Yeah, because New Orleans lost. Yesterday. Yeah, so I, you know that's the big thing for them. If they can just, and that's the number one thing I've said, like. I think it's it's great that they wanted to be the sixth seed, but yeah. just get into this play in tournament, just find a way to be the ten seed. And here's the thing if they can find a way to be the ten seed and they get LeBron back and they're healthy, I, like I still like their chances, but they have to find a way to get there. You know, it really and look, Armand brought this up yesterday. It would suck to be the ten it would be good and bad, right? Obviously, you don't want you, you don't want it, plan, but yeah, you don't want the ten seed because yeah. then you're avoiding I mean, you have the chance to have that one game elimination. Whereas the Clippers last season, they had two chances to come out of the plan, right? Yeah. They, they botched both games. The Lakers, what is benefiting them is Shea Gilgis Alexander just entered health and safety protocols and he was dealing with an injury oh, previous to that. So they play the Thunder um, on the, the second half of the back to back. I'm assuming Russell will play that game. I yeah. think they didn't want him to play back to back, which is why he's not playing against Memphis, where they likely lose, right? So then you're four games under. Let's say the beat. Uh, OKC, then you're three games under, yeah. then you're still in a decent position. I think people are forgetting, yes, Damian Lillard's going off, and congratulations, they have a good shot. They don't have Anthony Simons. They don't have uh, Nurkic playing yeah. right now, so they have some injuries, like I mentioned with the Thunder just now. And then we look at the other teams in there, Utah. I mean, are they really? I mean, I guess at this point, they have the easiest schedule remaining of them. Yeah. Maybe they could do it, but the Timberwolves, hit or miss, Golden State looks like a hot mess without Stephen Curry. Yeah. I mean, there's and the Pelicans continue to lose. They lost to the magic yesterday. Right. So it's one of those things where even without LeBron, other teams are faltering That's too, and other teams are injured. It's not just, 
it's one of those things like they could probably sustain this injury and be okay. Mm-hmm. But I think the chances of getting the six seed are, are out the window. Exactly. And here's the thing. I mean, the six seed was a nice goal to have. And no, listen, you would rather be the seven seed or the eight seed as opposed to the ninth or 10. They have no room to kind of, you know, get what they want. They've been a below 500 team this entire season. They've been a below 500 team a year before. They've been a really bad team. Now, t- to your point, though, the trades that they made do put them in a position where they can maybe sustain this. D- D'Angelo comes back. They get some other guys back. They they begin to play, again, not great ball, not the kind of ball that they will if they're going to have a run here. But again, if they could be that 9-10 to 10 seed, if they could just get into that play-in tournament and get LeBron back. I mean, here's the thing. No one wants to play LeBron come postseason time. Absolutely not. So, I mean, like, like... Like, if they could just find a way, and I know it's easier said than done, they're, they're probably not going to be the Grizzlies. We'll talk about that game t- tomorrow. But, you know, like, if they can go one and one, and when they were healthy, Brandon, we said they need to be one and one, it's going to be tough to go into Memphis after all this stuff that happened here. We, the, we get that. Yeah. And they already accomplished what they needed to yeah. do. I said coming out of the break, they need to be Golden State and one of the two between Dallas and Memphis. And yeah. they're already, they're already there, right? right? So they can withstand this loss yeah. to Dallas, I mean to Memphis, and you're still only let's say maybe Dallas loses tonight, you're still only two and a half, three exactly. games back of the sixth seed. And you're only one, half game back because the Pelicans lost yesterday. Half to one game back at the yeah. 10 seed, right? So it's not the end of the world if they lose. They do have to take, they do have a gauntlet of a schedule, but That's I think this is now, we saw Anthony Davis start to you know take his his play up the last couple yeah. of games. I know he was bad a few games ago, but last game he was excellent. He needs to do that from start to finish. They need to find him touches slow the pace down, control the game, build it around Davis because Memphis has the best defense in basketball. And if you, if the Lakers try and play that high paced game, I know they kill teams in the transition. They can continue to do that. But if they try and, you know, get shots up quick and they will get blown out. So yeah. they really need to slow the game down, let it surround, uh, you know, center around Davis. And look, they could be competitive tonight. I'm not getting it out of the question. I do think they lose. But they could be competitive if Davis has a big game. You know, the problem with this team is is there's moments when you get um you, you get pumped up about what this team could be. Like even prior to the trades, they, they'd have a big win or they'd have like two wins in a row. And then someone gets hurt or something happens. And I so like that's my problem with this team is that like even after the Mavericks win, like even after they've won three in a row, four or five, made these moves, the guys are happy, they're playing well. You you kind of just expect that foot that shoe to drop and again like even with that like i was hoping that they would allow us to have like a week where 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 we thought that this can this team could be someone but whenever if it's davis if it's lebron if it's something like that um that's my problem with this team. And yeah. funny enough, who's the healthy one right now? Knock on wood. It's, it's Davis, Davis, right? Who knew the guy at this that, point? Like, every Anthony time he, Davis, right? Every time that, he jumps up, every time something, you know, something happens we're with him. We're talking about other people being injured, and Davis is the one healthy. Um, you know, this is – look, Davis has wanted to be considered a top five power forward of all yeah. time. A top – you know, he's is a top 75 player. He wants to be in that elite of the league conversations. Another championship with LeBron on the Lakers would help solidify that – but the the road to the postseason it starts right now and it start it's on Anthony Davis's back and I know in the past a lot of times he's faltered being the number one yeah. guy. This is a time to change it's the narrative. Huge. It's a time. There's there you know the Lakers they are a team that has Jared Vanderbilt. He'll show up right. Yeah. You have Anthony Davis. He'll show up. Malik Beasley needs to shoot better, but he'll probably show up. Russell when he comes back will show up. 
they'll be competitive in these games. They really just need to win with their schedule coming up. They need to stay at least two or three games under 500 yeah. um, over the next couple of weeks and then go on that that huge run, hopefully get LeBron back on the 19th against the Magic in March. And then what you do there is you then go win six straight and get that seven seed. So they get the seven seed. I think that, that that's, that's huge. Because that's, that's, then you need one game. Just and then, one. And then you play Memphis. Because right? like, so explain that for, for people who don't know, if you, if you've got the nine or 10 seed, you, you, you have to win twice, right? Exactly. So this happened, I mean, and it's possible. New Orleans did it last year where they were the 10. That's seed, right. Right. And they, they beat uh, the Clippers, right? And they know, so they right? Beat, they, they beat, well, they beat the Clippers sec- second. They yeah. beat, uh, who was the night? San Antonio. San Antonio. How do we forget? <laughs> I can't believe San Antonio was even in the play-in over yeah. the Lakers last year. Now, San Antonio, they beat, then they beat the Clippers, and then they took the Suns six games. That's right. So it's possible, and I'm not saying the Lakers. And look, even if they have the eight seed, congrats, and you go play the Nuggets. The Lakers are actually pretty good against right? the Nuggets. Yeah. I'm not saying they, they'll win that series. They'll probably much rather play Memphis or Sacramento. Exactly. But look, it'd be nice to get the six seed, but let's be realistic here. If they can just get, I just want to see the Lakers come out of the play-in and have one playoff series. Let's see what great, they're made of. Right? Full health. No one's <laughs> expecting them to go win at all. I know some That's people were saying when LeBron was healthy, oh, they have a chance. Of course they have a chance. They have two of the top 15 players in the world, and they have a good roster yeah. now, right? But like, I'm not expecting, even in a wide-open West, for the Lakers to come out and win a championship. What I think this year is about, and I know Lakers fans don't want to hear this because it's all about win now. This year is about getting into the playoffs, maybe winning a series, seeing what you're made of, and then next year you go win 50-plus games and you win the championship in LeBron's last year in a Laker uniform. That'd be nice. I think that's the goal that the Laker faithful and Laker Nation should be rooting for. It's going to be very difficult to win this year. The way that they close out the season, will that go into how they put together the team next season? Like, If they go on a run here, do you try to keep this group together? Or regardless, are they looking for a big name like Kyrie or something like that? Yeah, I think, you know, I I know a lot of Lakers fans want Kyrie Irving, but I think that he's kind of out of the question right okay. now. Um, I personally wouldn't want him. I'd rather no, Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. They already have Vanderbilt and Beasley on contract for next season. Okay. It's going to be about the extension with Russell. Do they prefer Russell? And they've already are going to have contract extensions with him. Palinka has expressed his interest yeah. in re-signing him. Or do they go after clutch, uh, clutch guy Fred Van Fleet? Yeah, plays better defense than Russell. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's as impactful offensively as D'Angelo, but he's close. Mm. I mean, he's a perfect fit on the Lakers. He's a bit small, much better defender than D'Angelo Russell. Do you swap those two? Do you let Russell walk and get Fred Van Fleet? I mean, that look, if you have a team with Fred Van Fleet, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, that's that's great. But you got to remember, what did they do with Austin Reeves a couple of years ago? Instead of the four-year, $4 million yeah. deal, they gave him a two-year deal. Oh, so he's going to be a restricted free agent. Yikes. So some team's going to give Reeves $40 million. It could be right, like a four Caruso situation where like you don't want to lose someone like that, but like maybe someone swoops in and gives them a big contract. Look, Jeannie, and... I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to enter the luxury tax. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and it'll be worth it. A guy like Reeves, I mean, this is what the Lakers didn't have last season. We talked about injuries last season. I mean, eight of those guys aren't in the NBA. That's crazy. Now you don't have LeBron. LeBron didn't even play well a few games ago when they dominated the Warriors. Yeah. Right? So they can win without him. They can. It's just yeah. it's different. It's not like it was last year where you absolutely need LeBron to win basketball games. Right? Yeah. It's different. So they have a chance. Look, obviously it would help if they did have LeBron, obviously, yeah. against better teams. They should be able to handle business and at least get a top 10 um, yeah. In, What's, in the so like if they make the playoffs 
do they, I mean, what's a successful season? I get it for the majority of Laker fans out there. It's championship or bust. But when you talk about a, a, a team that was below 500 a year ago, a, a team that's been a below 500 th- th- this entire season, like if they make the postseason, is that success? Do they have to win a playoff series? What is a successful team right now? I don't think Lakers fans want to hear this, but I think coming out of the playing tournament is a successful season. I think season. so too. Even if they lose in the first round, I mean, no you one have to really be realistic. Expected. I mean, you have to be realistic. <laughs> could they win in the first round? Could they go on a run? Of course, any team but, could. Yeah. Right? But like again, prepare for next season. Again, if they have a roster similar to this. If they started the year with this roster, they'd have That's 50 wins, thing. right? Yeah. I mean, they'd be the number one, two, three, at least the top four seed in the Western Conference. Yeah. So I think just getting back to being that playoff experience. They haven't had playoff experience in two years, Arash. Like, no. get back in there. Get that playoff experience. Maybe pull off an upset. That'd be, you know, the ice, it, icing on the it cake, can happen. right? Like, it's possible. I think a failure of a season would be missing the play-in. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, you know, if they lose in the play-in, it's like, 50-50, and I think coming out of the plan is a successful season and just getting to a seven-game series yeah. is important for this roster. Now we're moving on to the Clippers. I mean, they, listen, the two tough games to uh, begin sort of that final push fourth quarter of the season after the break, after the moves that they made. Um, well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this some more in the next segment, but what's a successful season for them? And did, I mean, how much did they really improve the team? I think they improved the team immensely. Uh, I think this is coming down to Ty Lue's coaching. I know he's been a good coach in the past. And last season, he was a coach of the year candidate. But this year, and I know Arash, you're a big fan of Ty Lue and a lot of I think he's a are. good coach, but I, I get that he's not been a good coach this season. Yeah. yeah. And look, the rotations, I don't know. Marcus Morris must have some dirt on him because he plays. <laughs> Marcus Morris 25 plus minutes a game and I'm sorry Marcus Morris has had a great career he's better at basketball than both of us well, but he's the worst low. he's the worst player in the NBA why right do now, you think Raj. why do you think certain coaches get attached to certain players like that it's, I mean the, he must be seeing something in Marcus Morris I mean he's I think he's seen the past we uh, saw yeah. this with Mike Sosha when he was the Angels manager yeah. you know in those deteriorating Angels years after they made the playoffs he didn't want to play Mike Trout as a rookie as that, a second yeah. year guy he wanted to stick to the guys past their prime yeah. and really look at the veteran leadership. And yeah, that could work. Like Morris has experience, but like then you're taking away minutes from Terrence Mann, who's played excellent this year, Mason Plumley, who they didn't even play in the third quarter. And then he came back in and he got him back into the game, right? Yeah. Taking away minutes from Bones Highland, who's talented, really played well against the Nuggets. And you're putting a guy like Marcus Morris out there who one hasn't been playing defense in three years and he can't <laughs> shoot anymore. So yeah. why is he out there? So, yeah. you know, and then I don't know if you saw the, in the overtime, the shot where it hit the top of the backboard, the turnover, I, the guy's unplayable, the guy's Crazy. unplayable. And I'm sure Lawrence Frank and Jerry West are saying, Ty Lue, we love you, man, but you got to stop playing. Marcus. Yeah. Morris. I think that's the key. And Robert Covington, why is he on the bench? That's the best defender on the roster besides Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. And I think at this point, this Clippers team, has enough shooting where they can have Rocco on the floor. And maybe you saw what they were doing, playing, putting Kawhi on Jokic. Well, instead, put Rocco on Jokic yeah. if you want to play small ball because he can actually – Jokic is going to get his. Everyone's like, oh, shut down. No one's going to – like you said with, with Luke yesterday, no one's going to shut down no, Luke. No exactly. one's going to shut down Jokic. But having Rocco out there would really sure up the defense because, remember, the Clippers are not going to win games with their offense, even though it's yeah. improved. They're going to have to win games defensively. To answer your question, I think it's still championship. Or I think so, too. You know, when you make the kind of moves that they made, um, 
and and you're you're basically sacrificing the future of this franchise. And I get it. Here's the thing: you make that move because you are the Clippers, and I think the Clippers as a franchise really do realize when you're here long enough. It's hard for people to know this if they're not in Los Angeles. It's not just you can't just be a playoff team. They've been a playoff team. They've been one of the top five teams in the league for the past ten plus years. You need to make the conference finals. You need to make the finals. And at some point when you're in a city like Los Angeles competing against the Lakers, you have to win. You have to have that parade. And I don't know where they would have the parade, but you have to have that championship parade. You got to get those championship rings. You have to have that moment. And I know Clipper fans are tired of hearing, you know, rings, rings, rings. At some point when you want to be the team in Los Angeles, and again, the, the people that I have to explain this to are people who are not from Los Angeles. You and I, I think, yeah. get it. Like it's it's not just good enough to be a good team. You like dynasty. You need to be a dynasty. And again, like you're going up against a dynasty. You're going up against a franchise that's won 17 titles. So, like, I'm not saying that you, you have to hit that number. But no. you do have to hit one. You have you to do have, have to have Warriors one type of ascension or close to it. You know, multiple to like overtake them. Yeah, because the Warriors fan base was largely depleted. For I a agree. Long time right, they weren't a great organization. Yeah, you know, Bob Myers did a great job. Joe Lacob, you know, drafting Stephen Curry. You know, Monte Ellis was good for a time, helped Stephen Curry progress. And yeah, you get Clay Thompson, you get this core. Then Kevin Durant. Now the Warriors are a storied organization. Exactly. They weren't before. They're a no. storied organization up there with the Bulls, the Celtics, the the Lakers. The Clippers would need that type of ascension to even be in the mix to yeah. have 30, even But it begins with one. Fans. It begins yeah. with yes, one. And, and so, you know, the, the trade for Paul George, and again, you talk to the people within the Clippers, and it's like you make that trade because you have to get Paul George to get Kawhi. Fine, fair. But they make that trade because you want to go into the new building with a banner with a yeah. championship and so i i totally agree with you it's championship or bust it has to be. and there's very few teams that's about right it's tough, very yeah. few teams the lakers are not championship or not bust. now the no. warriors aren't championship not anymore they just won the only teams that I think are championship or bust are the Clippers. Yeah. Right? The Suns, because they have Kevin Durant. Exactly. Now. You make that move because that is your mindset. Right. You Celtics, make that Celtics, yeah. maybe Sixers, although I think they'll choke in the first round. Yeah. Race, you know my thoughts on that. You know, well, because for the Clippers, and you may know the the contracts, but like, I mean, how much longer can they go with this Kawhi Paul George tandem? Is it two years? I, I, I forget Look, what they're locked I, I up in. I think Jerry West and Lawrence Franken. Clippers fans are not going to like this. If they do not win this season, which is highly likely based well, on yeah. what we've seen recently, you have to consider breaking it up after this year. Amazing. You have to consider it. I think yeah. next year is their final year together regardless, yeah. unless they win a championship. And by the way, next year, I believe, is their last, last year, year at contracts. crypto, too, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so yeah. they're moving into the new... Uh, into it dome uh you know two billion dollar beautiful facility uh and i know steve, in 2024 i know steve bomber has mentioned he wants Kawhi and paul george to be on the team when they move into into yeah. Dome. but that's not going to be a possibility if you keep losing and under so steve bomber is a, a unique yeah i mean he's unique in the sense that he's he's when i say the wealthiest owner of a professional team like it's not even close like he's number one and you could combine the wealth the next five and they yeah. wouldn't like match Steve. Yeah. But what I've often said is that there's cheaper ways to lose in the second round or there's cheaper ways to lose in the first round. So if you have one of the highest payrolls in the league and you're not in the conference finals, or if you're not in the finals, that's kind of what they did for a while. Uh, you know, like after a while with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, 
DeAndre Jordan in that team. Like, like, listen, there's cheaper ways to lose in the first or second round. And I think that they knew that that was as far as they were going to go. Depending on what happens, I do think that they have to give this team one more year. But you're right. I mean, like, we'll see what they do. I mean, if they don't get at least to the conference finals, like, I, I don't think you can run this I, same you team can back. Only imagine what this roster with Shea Gilgis Alexander in oh picks. They had their picks. And Crazy. You can only imagine what that that team would get to the second round. Probably oh, assuming, yeah. you know, with the great um, management in the front office by Lawrence and by Jerry. You can only imagine what that team would do, and yeah. that would be much cheaper. Right? Exactly, you would only have to pay Shea the the, yeah. the max. So you need star power. So, like on multiple fronts, I I I agreed with the move at the time, and I still do. I still, by the way, like I said this at the time. Like, did you really need to part with Shea with the number of first round picks and pick swaps and whatnot? Like, was there not a scenario where you're like, guys? We're literally talking about 10 first round. I mean, picks, I mean, so. that's, yeah. they kind of almost did when you combine the first round picks plus the pick swaps. I mean, what there, there was no in my mind, unless they knew Shea would be Shea. And I don't think that they did. I mean, like, I mean, there was a, a scenario. Hopefully they could have kept him, but that was not the case. All right. We'll leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk some more about the Clippers. I, I think their season is is so fat, fat, fascinating and crazy to me. So we'll talk about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California. The bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, we are joined... Let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, where we're joined by our good friend Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? I'm uh, I'm a little under the weather, guys, but I am never Uh-oh. too under the weather to talk to you guys about sports. So, um, yeah, I'm good to be here. Good to be here, man. Grant, will you be at the game tonight? You are usually at uh, the Clippers, the Clip Joint. I don't know if they still call it the Clip Joint, but anyways, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know Wait, that. Back I like in that. the day. <laughs> I, like, I didn't even actually like that one a lot. A couple weeks ago. No, I'm kidding. I knew that a mascot. Go ahead. No, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I may be there. I'm not going to be 100 percent sure. I'm, I'm questionable for today's game. Questionable. I, like I feel game time decision. Yeah. Game yeah, time decision. Yeah. All right, Grant. Before we get into the Clippers, want to bring up a story that Brandon Deutsch wrote. Your good friend, Brandon. How the Lakers can make a big playoff push. Now, listen, we do have to preface this. This was before LeBron James got hurt, but the majority of these um, had not much to do with LeBron, I think. Yeah. So maybe we'll so as we're playing it in the background, although we're it's not in the background anymore. Anyways, we're 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 <laughs> we're blocking the TV regardless. Let's go it's through okay. this list. Um 
because listen, we still think that they can make the play in tournament, that they don't have LeBron. And I'm still hopeful that LeBron's a freak in nature. They're saying two to three weeks. Hopefully it's two, two to three I mean, games. Look, I don't know if you guys saw a story. It didn't look that bad. I know. I mean, it looked inflamed, but like once the inflammation goes down, it looks like he'll be ready to rock. I mean, he was still, I mean, look what he was doing in that game. With yeah, that it was amazing. Foot. He's just posting guys up. He's like, yeah, I can't shoot. I don't have burst. I'll just post you up and then do my move, get to the hoop. I mean, Look, at some point, this is good for the Lakers, right? Because they want LeBron at full strength. They in the do. Playoffs, and he yeah. hasn't been at full strength. If he's strength. rested, that'd be nice. And if they can but... win just a few games, it's going to be important. But I have right here, Davis has to play at an MVP-type level on both ends of the floor. No doubt That's about number that. number one, like he was doing in January, like he was doing in the bubble, like he did at the end of the game against Dallas. We need to see that tonight, right, Grant? Yeah. Even against Jaron Jackson Jr., tough matchup, best defense in the league. Yeah, I mean, look, this is why they got Anthony. This is actually why they got Russell Westbrook, so that LeBron never got hurt. Really? You know, they could have that depth, that star depth to to recoup for it. Now they don't have Russell Westbrook anymore, but they have the depth. So, you know, if LeBron goes out as a Laker fan, I would be saying, okay, we're in the best spot even with him out because you get D'Angelo Russell, you get Jared Vanderbilt, who looked sensational um, in he the did. last game. He was really good. And then you still have Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has proven over the last game or two that he can still be that guy. And right now you need him as much as possible. Like there are no like there there's actually some you know questions about him playing with LeBron. Now that LeBron is out, you have to have him play at that MVP level, like you were saying, Brandon, at that MVP level that he was in December or late November for the rest of the stretch run, because they're gonna need it. They have a gauntlet. They're playing Memphis t- tonight. They play Oklahoma City where Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not going to be playing, thankfully, for Laker fans. But, yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis has to play at that MVP level that he – not that he was playing recently, but that he was playing in December for them to, to get through this playing and p- possibly have a, still, still have a chance at that sixth seed. And I don't know if you guys know, what does health and safety mean now? Like, we're, we're I think three it's years. It's still COVID? I'm Interesting. Something. Flu, COVID? Oh, yeah, I think I it mean, is. He was hurt, but he was hurt before that. Guys, can he you believe co- co- we're coming up on three years? And I don't know where, where, where you guys were. It was the Thunder Utah Jazz about to tip off. And it's like, wait, someone on the Jazz has COVID and it's Rudy Gobert. And you're like, oh my God. After he touched the mic. After, right? It was, I mean, it's been three <laughs> years. So it's just still weird that we're going to have a player. On the Thunder, by the way, who's going to miss it because of health and safety. But anyways, um, that's yeah, hilarious. For three years. And, um, yeah. and yeah, I was going to say another thing. And I know he hasn't played because of the rolled ankle. He, he, I, and look, he's healthy. I think he's just not playing tonight because it's a back-to-back. I think Russell's going to play Wednesday night in a chance, better chance they have to win. D'Angelo Russell has to continue to be aggressive on the offensive end and demand the ball. Yeah. What I noticed with him a lot of times, and correct me if I'm wrong, Grant, is he'll score 20 points, he'll hit like five shots in a row, and then he'll defer and let Truder take jack up shots or let Beasley take contested threes instead of taking over the game. He has to understand he's the third best player on this team. Now the second with LeBron out. He yeah. needs to be able to take over on the offensive end for them to stay afloat. Am I wrong, Grant? No, you're not wrong. And, you know, I think the, the thing with Russell, th- this is why it's so tough because you have the trade deadline kind of late into the season is that these guys are still trying to find out what their roles are within the team. And I know Jared Vanderbilt knows what his role is. Like, he's going to play defense. He's going to get under the, the best player on the other team's skin. With the other guys, you kind of have to find a way to fit around. Like, D'Angelo Russell should be what you just said. He should be that guy that demands the ball. He's a scorer first, then passer. But, you know, with a guy that's coming into a new team, it's going to be kind of tough. You have 20 games left. 
he's going to have to realize that very quick. And that's the thing with putting a team, you know, revamping your roster this late into the season is that, sure, you want him to do some things, but he's got to understand, like, what he's going to do in the system. So it's going to take a little bit more time than we think, especially now that he's been injured for a few games. He just got to the team. You're just trying to, you're trying to build chemistry, and then he gets hurt. So it's tough. But, yeah, you're right. He's got to be – he can be that offensive guy. I saw him tear apart my Clippers – in a playing game last year, he went out for 30 in a playing game, like a really crucial playing game. And he has that ability. And that's why it makes the Lakers so dangerous because you didn't even have him the last two games and you still won pretty good. So and he's he a, can be that guy. And he's a big time player, by the way, plays yeah. better in big games. You saw it in Brooklyn. Right. We saw it in Minnesota, any game that matters. He's going to in Minnesota now is an issue. Yeah. Cause besides Edwards, they don't have another score to take pressure off. Of, and so. he never got that chance here, obviously. Cause like the team wasn't that good. Yes. So, you know, now he has be... a chance to play meaningful basketball. We'll skip that one. Right. By the way, <laughs> I won't skip it because Brandon was a hundred percent right. I mean, I mean, this, this goes without saying, but he said, number three, LeBron James's health. And it's like, yeah, I mean, listen, I, they still have a chance to maybe get the 10 seed without LeBron, but this all comes down to health. And so and I still think they're going to be higher because other teams are hurt. And I think LeBron, LeBron's an alien. He'll be back in two or three weeks. He's not going to sit out. Forward. But I didn't want to skip it because he was 100 percent right. And, <laughs> and um, it looks like that's going to be an issue. Yeah, right. All right let's go so to four, four is Darvin Ham keeping a consistent rotation. And what I mean by this is uh, we saw in the Pelicans game and in the Mavericks game, he would roll out. Well, Obviously, Russell was not there, so he played Schroeder more. Yeah. The death lineup when James was there. We <laughs> I like it. that the Lakers the, have one of those now. The Russell, uh, <laughs> Vanderbilt, LeBron, <laughs> Davis, right, and Beasley. Now it's going to be Vanderbilt, Davis, Schroeder, Rui? I mean, who's Rui, starting? Yeah. Rui or Reeves? I mean, Reeves, I, I don't know yeah. who's going to be Reeves, right? And Reeves has been excellent. It's going to be about keeping getting these guys into a rhythm. We see what Ty Lue's done, and we'll get into that. I know we brought it up in the first segment. I know you're itching to talk about I know about Grant's it. excited you're, about that. Your boy, Ty Lue. Um, <laughs> oh. But like he needs to be consistent because Reeves can get into a rhythm very quickly. And then if you don't play him the next game, you lose the rhythm, right? Beasley, what I liked about last game was he kept him in there. Shooter, sh- keep shooting. Yeah. Keep shooting. I know he had a bad game. I guarantee you he'll play well against Memphis tonight because if you keep guys in there and you get them in a rhythm, they will play well. Rui even got some minutes. He'll play better tonight. Reeves, that's going to be important. Don't flip Lonnie in there and sit Reeves the whole game or don't, you know, put in Bamba for 30 minutes and sit, you know, and never play Rui or something like that. He needs to keep consistent rotations, especially in these last 20 games, 21 games or whatever. Because that's going to be crucial entering the playoffs. Because when you go down to what an eight nine man lineup in the postseason, oh yeah, it, the, uh, I mean yeah that, that yeah that that's why I'm saying like the depth that they have now they can kind of I wouldn't say get away with having LeBron hurt, but you know your your one of your main points was LeBron's health, and now that he's not healthy, this is why you get that depth. Like I was saying before, you know, but. The, the, there's a, something going on with LA coaches right now where Ty Lue <laughs> and Darvin Ham just don't know which players to put in, in the right spots. And like you said, you, you know, you, you brought up Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker was probably the third, fourth best player on the Lakers before the trade deadline. Now he's out of the rotation. So <laughs> you can have a guy like Lonnie Walker fill in for, for that spot. I would, 
I'm not going to say he's going to fill in for LeBron, but he's a proven score that you can go to off the bench or maybe even insert in the starting lineup for whatever reason you need. But he's a guy that like, like Robert Covington on the Clippers where he's just buried in the depth now. And now you can just bring him out whenever you want to for a critical injury injury like LeBron has. So yeah, the lineups are going to be so crucial because you don't want to put out three guard lineups. You don't want to have too many wings. You don't want to go too small so maybe you may see Winnie and Gabriel again. You know, you may see Jared Vanderbilt play the five. Like, Very rare. Yeah. You know, you, you're just like Pokemon right now. Rare in the game, right? You see him on the court. <laughs> he's there. I mean, you're like, exactly. oh, man. He's like, he's like that Pokemon that's, uh, that's not like too great, but he's okay. And he's rare, but he's like not an elite rare Pokemon. He's just rare. And it's like, do I it's, play him? Is he going to provide value? Do I catch this Pokemon? Yeah. That's when you engage. It's I mean, like, a weird metaphor, it's like but. playing. It's like when you see Jason Preston take the court for the Clippers, it's like, okay, now you know it's garbage time. Like, now you know. So, like, oh, yeah, I mean, come on. Look, Gar- I mean, Preston's still younger. Gabriel can provide some hey. defense in, in, in big hey, minutes. I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. When Jason Preston's on the court, you know it's going to be garbage time. I'm just going to tell like you guys that. Every cigar. Cigar knows that. <laughs> hey, I, but by the way, I think Boston's pretty good. They need to play him more. and He doesn't even get a lick of minutes. Yeah. The last thing I'll say here is we were all right. We knew Vanderbilt was the really underrated yeah. addition at the deadline for the Lakers in that trade. In fact, Grant and I have been adamant about Vanderbilt's elite perimeter defense. Love that addition. From the Minnesota trade. trade. Yeah, we are yeah. like, why did Minnesota trade their best defender, right? With yeah. him and McDaniels and Edwards. Imagine a Vanderbilt, McDaniels, Beverly Edwards <laughs> defense on the Wolves yeah. with Walker Kessler. I mean, come on. That's, that's going to cause havoc on guys, right? And they traded Vanderbilt to the Jazz. And then there wasn't a lot of demand for Vanderbilt, which I was surprised about because I know – He's a tenacious rebounder and elite defender. But right here, I put in this article last week, Vanderbilt needs 30 minutes a game, needs to be in the closing lineup to defend the opposing team's best player down the stretch. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're going to continue to do if they want to win games. Vanderbilt needs 30-plus minutes. In fact, I think he's going to have to need to play, uh, be a bigger role in offense these next few games without without, um, LeBron. Yeah, you know, Vanderbilt's the guy that I think, like, you talk about, oh, who's the third guy, who's the fourth guy, like, most important. I think Vanderbilt's the third most important guy behind LeBron and AD. Like, he is literally the stopper that you, like, look what he did to Luka Doncic. He literally made him question a lot of shots. He contested a lot of shots. He got his hands in passing lanes. That's what the Lakers were missing. They needed that bigger wing that can look like I said before, Vanderbilt can even play the five. If you need him, he's that tall body that you need next to Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis and him are a lethal defensive combo. If you, if you think about it, like if you have Davis down low and you have Vanderbilt on the wing, that's a really lethal combo. Even without LeBron on the wing, that's a good defensive stopper right there. So he, to me is their third best player right now. And probably second most important right now too because you're going to need all the defense you can get with LeBron out because the offense is not going to be the same so you're going to need to create some defensive urgency on that end and Vando is like literally the perfect guy and I, I really hope that Darvin Ham gives him even more minutes than he is now but you don't even need his offensive game like you said Brandon he's you know not that great of an offensive player, but you don't even need that right now because you acquired guys like Russell and you acquired guys like, uh, like Mike, uh, Beasley. So it's not going to be as big of an issue offensively for Vando as I thought it was going to be because you have such great talent around him. But 
that defensive performance that he put on against the Mavericks is sensational. That's the guy the they Vandalorian. Need. Oh, there we That's go. What they the call Vandalorian. Vandalorian. Back That's to the future. All right, Grant, we, we uh, <laughs> listen, we have to kind of open up the Pandora's box here. And Brandon feels, I think, the same way. I'm one that likes to look at a body of work, not just one season, not just. Uh, okay. Tyloo, what what? Okay, so he was a coach of the year candidate a year ago. He was a very he, he's really has been a very good coach. A, a coach who's won a championship with the Cavs didn't get the credit he deserved for them coming back from three one. Came to, to the Clippers. I think he was exactly the coach that that they needed. What has happened this year that has led not only you but a lot of Clipper fans to say what the heck is going on with this guy? You know, I, I'm trying to figure. I, I've, you know, gone through the season leaving out hope that maybe Tyloo would change his mind and put Robin Covington in the lineup, and that still hasn't happened. There's a lot of things that I question, and a lot, not just me, that, you know, around Clipper Nation, that people are just questioning a lot of the things that he does. I'm not really sure what I, I always tried to give him such a big leash because, like you said, yeah. his body of work proves itself, right? Like, he did win a championship with Cleveland. I know LeBron and Kyrie kind of took over, but he was still the coach. He had a pretty big say in that. Last year, even without PG and Kawhi, did pretty good. Got him to the play-in. This year, it's just a shell of himself. I, I have no idea. I, it's like he can't manage the talent that the Clippers gave him, that the Clippers front office gave him. And that's a big issue. You have Marcus Morris playing 35-minute game, <laughs> closing out games, hitting the, the top of the backboard. And then you have Robert Covington and Terrence Mann just sitting there like like they're they're guys that are just called up on a two way contract from the G League. I just I don't understand the the concepts that he puts through in terms of his lineups. He'll play three guard lineups. He'll put Eric Gordon in there when Eric Gordon had zero points in his minutes in the last game against wow. Denver, and it, it's baffling to me because the right basketball decisions are right there. Like the Clippers are right there. They're losing these games by one two points to teams that are going to be in the playoffs and it's not even a thing about roster construction it's about lineup construction and rotation minutes and that's a thing that clipper fans wanted okay we finally have the roster but now the coach is sabotaging the lineup so it's (laughs) it's 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 one thing or another with the clippers either you don't have a good roster your your guys aren't performing or now guys are getting the right minutes so with tyler's I hope, I hope to, to goodness that he is just holding out for the playoffs to bring out his best lineups, but that leash is getting much shorter now, not just by me, but all around Clipper fans in general. What are you going to do if Marcus Morris plays 30, <laughs> 35 minutes tonight? Listen, I'm not even doubting that Marcus Morris is going to be in the starting lineup. I think he's, he's like going to be in that starting lineup. <laughs> Marcus, hey, what does the nation think about Marcus Morris too right now? Oh my All God! I, I mean, I, I've seen some pretty disrespectful things that I will not <laughs> say on here. Um, but it, it's it's getting really bad in terms of how they think of Marcus Morris Senior. Because a couple years ago, he was like the three and D guy that we all needed, and that. He's he a championship blue guy. Yeah. Right. He was awesome. And it's just like you can see his percentages. I think Joey Lynn tweeted this. You guys said this yesterday. They're 11 and 24 against teams over 500. That is not going to get it done as a contender. And the lineups and Marcus Morris is part of that reason. He can't defend yeah. anymore. He can't rebound and he can't shoot. We have to talk a little bit about baseball. Bad news for the Dodgers. It yeah. does look like yeah. Gavin Love will be out for the season. I mean, just absolutely brutal uh, that ACL. that happened. Um, all right, let's talk about that. We we did 
coming into this season, I mean, the Dodgers will kind of always be in the conversation, but this this was not thought to be a championship season for them. It got a, a lot worse. Your guys' thoughts on yeah, Lux? Yeah, I know Grant has a lot. I mean, he's a Dodgers fan. Unfortunately, I live in L.A. and I'm an Angels fan. <laughs> I mean, geez. <laughs> Come on, daddy should have been a Dodgers <laughs> fan, but I got to stay loyal, right? Like with Grant on the Clippers. Um, but look, Gavin, no one expected the Dodgers to do anything this year. Walker Bueller is going to be hurt. Yeah. This was going to, this is the year. This is going to be their worst team they field in probably a decade. If yeah. you think about it, like close to it. And in saying that, like they've, they've won the division I mean, every, every year. year. They've been the World Series favorite. So, I mean, it's not saying a, a like, lot. A lot. I mean, they'll still win like Those, 80 to 85 agree. games. But like maybe but they this, squeeze into the play. People were thinking that this was going to be a breakout season for Lux, obviously. Yes. And I mean, so. he had 300 last year about. I mean, he, he's he's a great hitter. They need hitting, right? I mean, the lost trade yeah. turner. Pitching's the issue. This year is going to be about developing Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone. They're two top pitching prospects. It's going to be about that and getting those guys prepared for their next season. Yeah. I know they're going to go after Otani. They're going to go after big agents. They're planning for that. This year is about the development. Some of them, maybe the Lakers this year, playing for next year. What are they going to do to get better for next year? Put guys in positions to win and get better for next season. I'd be surprised if they even get within five games of the Padres. And the Padres are so hot. I mean, they've 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 never been this excited about the Padres in San Diego in terms of season ticket sales and jersey sales and things like that. Grant, your thoughts on what happened? Big loss for the, the Dodgers. Lux is out for, for the entire season. Yeah, it, it's it's such a big blow because you, you put all your eggs in the basket, right? To to have Gavin Lux as your starting shortstop. You don't go out and sign many of the big free agent shortstops that were out there. Dodger fans were clamoring for any signing of a shortstop. They didn't do that and put all their eggs in the basket for Lux, and he doesn't even get a chance to start the season, and now he's out for the remainder of the season, and it didn't even start. That is a huge, huge blow, and this is a huge reason why they got Miguel Rojas, and they didn't foresee any injuries, but if anything were to happen, they had Miguel Rojas there, and I think that's what what Friedman did. He got that that backup. Now he's going to have to start it short, but even Miguel Rojas is banged up right now, so... After him, you're going to have to go with a prospect. Maybe you move Miguel Vargas to shortstop. You, you know, you you're kind of piecing this thing together before it even starts. And like Brandon said, if you're playing for next year, I mean, you're going to have to piece together this lineup somehow. And it, it's crazy to say that they have their worst roster since you know 2011 or 2012, and they still have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman in the core of that lineup. It's kind of crazy because those guys are still yeah. really, really good players, and they'll keep them afloat. But like Brandon said, it's a development year. You're going to have to see things from Ryan Pepio, from Miller. You know, Kershaw's declining at his age. He had a great year, but his injuries have really caught up to him. You can't depend on him anymore. Walker Bueller's not going to be there until That's, October, yeah. if that. Probably not at all. So you're going to, you're not going to probably win that division this year. And they've proven me wrong before, but I think every other team in their division got better. Even the Giants got better. The Padres are, yeah. you know, you have these teams that got better, and the Dodgers really didn't get any better. Grant, they it's, probably it's got stack, worse. No, no, no doubt. It's a stack division. It should be fun. But, yeah, this, this season uh, could be a rebuilding season, as crazy as that sounds, for the Dodgers. All right. Thanks so much, Grant. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Everybody got their own thing. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.